Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and I'm recording another episode today on the mobile studio, uh, trying to get a handful more of these podcasts accomplished each week. And uh, I think I might be settling into a little bit more of a steady format, kind of a quick, short podcast solo, just about like the little marketing things that I'm putting together um, that I try and get done when I've got the time. And so the question I was thinking about today was uh, the camera that I'd recommend to a friend. I think uh, someone asked me last week, hey, what, what, I was thinking about getting a camera. What would you recommend? What, what should I get? And I've heard this question before, and, you know, there's a lot I'd, I'd probably want to say to someone or, like, you know, what I'd hope someone would want to avoid or not want to avoid. And it, it seems like a lot of the time uh, people are just kind of held up on the cost of it. Uh, you know, just that cameras really start to become a, an expensive piece of equipment really quickly it's probably one of the most expensive appliances that a household will have if they uh, if they start to purchase something that's uh higher end you know i mean as soon as you get into the 11 1200 dollar range which is still it's pretty pretty easy to do pretty quickly uh to get into the the lower mid-range um professional level camera equipment uh, so there's a lot of other stuff though that's out there and I, I, I figure, and maybe it's a bias that I have, but I figure that I'd probably recommend a way from using, uh, the, the low end or the entry level low end, like any this stuff is better than any camera we had 35 years ago, but the entry level DSLR cameras that we have, those, uh, like the Nikon 5400 or 5300 or, uh, the, I think, what is it? The nikon d7000 7200 now i think i'd probably go with something like the 7200 if uh if that was the the range of camera i was looking for and that's definitely what i chose two and a half years ago three three years ago man time's flying a few years ago we picked up a, a d7000 and that's what i use for a lot of the the dslr video that i'd want to produce which ends up not being as much as i'd hoped but I do have it. It works great. It's a really good camera. But now that it's coming into 2017, I think there's a, a few different ideas out there that I'd probably recommend or try and steer people to more than some of the traditional Nikon and Canon Rebel entry-level uh, DSLR cameras that are out there. I'd probably say go with a Fuji. I think the new Fuji line of mirrorless cameras is something that I think has a lot of interesting aspects to it i think the styling of it the size of it the weight of it uh the expense of the additional equipment like additional lenses or battery grips or bags all that sort of stuff i think is really pretty reasonable and is i don't know it's a pretty pretty small price tag overall i bet you could get a good kit of a fuji xt1 or now i think the fuji xt2 which i would hold up with most professional camera equipment uh, and I've heard of a lot of professional photographers kind of move into that set of cameras. There's a few others too, like the X-T100 or the X-100 in the Fuji lineup. And there's a couple of small uh, lenses that you can pick up with that. And there's probably a, a lot of really interesting pictures that you could take. But uh, if you wanted to, to get into photography uh, modern day or, you know, like with, uh, with sort of future-proof equipment where it wouldn't really be sort of out of step just in a couple of years, or just a year or two from now. I mean, I keep my gear going for a long time. It seems probably longer than its real lifetime should be. But I like I like making it uh, making it seem a little useful. I mean, even still, like I talk about all the time, I still shoot with that 
Nikon D3. Um, well, yeah, but anyway, back to the Fuji. Uh, I think that would be a really exciting camera to, to be working with if you were, um, if you were like just kind of coming into the, the photography market or you, you wanted to take pictures of family stuff or hike stuff or uh, your outdoor stuff, your travel stuff. I think that'd be a really good light, small, portable camera that you could you could move around because really so much of today's photography is going to take place on a smartphone and in a lot of ways i mean given the quality of the cameras that we're getting and the digital processing that we're getting in the smartphone behind the scenes it's probably one of the better cameras that we will have around and it's probably going to be a, a lot easier to use uh even than you know the one of the more simple point and shoots that's available now it's just going to uh, computationally take care of so much more for you behind the scenes and that's something that a lot of other camera manufacturers really aren't keeping up with, I think, in the way that they need to. I feel like that's going to be the big next generation, next leap in uh, photography or uh, the camera engineering is going to be the, the digital processing that's going to go on in the background to, to, to digitally match the exposure, the color settings, the contrast settings that you would need uh, to just get better readings of that data. You could probably adjust it or change it later, but we're seeing how these smartphones or how, uh, I guess specifically how iOS 10 and the camera app and the camera itself is processing a lot of information when it takes two pictures at the same time and creates uh, an information file called a diff, which is like the difference between those two files. And then it's able to digitally or like uh, mathematically control sharpness and contrast or saturation or uh, or even just a dynamic range of light parts and dark parts to get the camera or to get the, the picture file that you get to be the most usable and most comfortable for an average situation i think that's what it's tuned for and i think there's a lot of interesting uh, there's a lot of interesting scope a lot of interesting range that that could be used for uh, even in the professional world or at least uh attached to or modified with professional equipment could be really cool to see what they're able to do so today on the schedule <laughs> i hear a bunch of jake breaks going by and by the uh by the 99 right now that's all these uh, semi trucks coming in to hit this yellow light that they see up here <laughs> so uh Today on uh, on, on uh, Instagram, what I'm putting out was a photo. I've been here like a bunch of times. It's over by uh, Panoramic Point. I don't know if anybody's heard where that is. It's over in Hood River, Oregon. I think there's really probably a Panoramic Point in every city, probably a lot of states. It's probably that spot where there's a cool view and a little park set up for it. But that's what it is over here in Hood River, Oregon. You can cruise up there uh, to like the south end of town. And then you go up the side of this hill, and then it drops off into this big valley where there's a lot of these apple orchards. And especially right now in September, they're all har- they're being harvested. The leaves are starting to change. It looks really cool. And then that kind of sweeps up uh, to where you see the the north face of Mount Hood uh, in the distance uh, down behind you there. So it's a really cool spot. And I remember years ago going there. Uh, one of the first times we went to Hood River when I was um, when I was. Tr- first on a trip uh to go out west the, the one i made my first ebook about uh once i finished up college and when we were in hood river at the very beginning of the trip we took some pictures of this this spot with the camry which was really like one of my first cars uh so i have <laughs> i've made it a tradition to get a photograph there of myself or of marina and i um in each of the vehicles that we've had since then so we take we take a picture every year every two years or so over there and uh, when we were out uh, just the week before last, we 
cruised up there to Panoramic Point and got another photograph with the Colorado, which has been cool. It's been cool having it. I've had it for, it's not really been six months yet, has it? Three, four, nine. Uh, it's been like five months, hasn't it? That's a lot. That's not that much, though. I've, I think I've hit like 13,000 miles on it. Why do I drive so much? I don't really get to go anywhere. I don't understand it. I, uh, but yeah, it seems like 13,000 miles in, uh, in five months is, is, I don't know, getting up there. I need to do some better car ownership stuff. Um, so back to the point, up at Panoramic Point, beautiful spot. We were there uh, in kind of late afternoon, beginning of evening. And uh, there's, uh, there's, I'm sure, some, some great times a day to be there for, for light. But, uh, but we had a great time being there uh, just for a couple of minutes, picking up another photograph uh, to go in the collection and uh, make sure that the Colorado gets its uh, chance to be in there. But it really, you know, it looks nice. I, uh, I think I've gotten a lot better over the years. I was noticing the differences in lenses that I was using just because of what I had available. I think the first photograph I took there, what was it? It was with a 50 millimeter 1.8 on a crop sensor lens. The second set was the 50 millimeter 1.8, but on a full frame lens. And I was so surprised how different that looked. I think the first one was digital. The second was film. That was the full frame frame camera that I used. And, uh, and then now, uh, this last time that I was there, I put the 80 to 400 on and I probably brought it into, I don't know, maybe 180, almost two, no, maybe not 200 millimeters, but somewhere in the, the 125, 150 range, uh, to, to get more compression on the scene. And it's really interesting to see kind of visually how that changes the, the layout, the composition of it, or how much closer, uh, the car, the angle of uh, of the person in the photo, me last time, and the mountain was that relationship with the, the foreground and the background changes so much when you change your uh, your compression or your focal length with the zoom lens. So it was kind of cool stuff, but that uh, is up on Instagram. Should be up on Hootsuite and other places today. And man, that's the other thing that I'm trying to work on. I'm going through, and I'm taking all the pictures. I've been trying to put out pictures, probably like a couple a day, uh, of different camping trips and and um, you know just some things that we've taken over the last five or six years. And I've uh, tried to put a couple a day up on Facebook and Flickr and Instagram, you know, and, and, and Twitter. So I'm going to go back through a lot of those and I'm going to get 365 of them. I'm going to plan out and make sure that one is scheduled for each of the days over the course of the next year, at least, you know, and then, uh, all the new photos, which is really cool. I got a bunch of those edited up of, uh, of a few of the different places we've gone over the last, uh, last week or two. And, uh, those are all going to be set up to go out to a day on top of the one that's planned for every single day of the week. So it'd be kind of cool and uh, at least something in there to fill in for me if I uh, decide not to work on that stuff that day. And I think that wraps up just about everything I was going to talk about here on the mobile recorded Billy Newman photo podcast. Thanks a lot for tuning in.